0: Killer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Serial Killer. I'm your host, Nick. Wow, it's been a little over a month now since I last uploaded, which was, what, New Year's to tell y'all Happy New Year's? But we're back, full swing, just a lot going on right now. So, yeah. It's about to be Valentine's Day in about, what, two days? Ugh, not looking forward to it, because I ain't got no date at all. But today we're going to be talking about another loveless individual that has a hard time with love. is Nanny Dawes, a.k.a. Nancy Hazel. So, let's get into the giggling granny, shall we? So, Nanny was born in 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. That explains everything. End of story. (laughs) Nanny had an unhappy and difficult childhood. Jim Hazel, who may or may not have been Nanny's biological father, we're not sure, was abusive and demanding and kept Nanny and the other children away from school for long periods of time to perform household chores and work on the family farm mostly nanny would take care of her siblings since she was the oldest while her mom and dad went out to the farm and worked on it especially because they have a massive farm so they called her nanny not because she was like a grandma but maybe she was like a loving figure but eventually she did become a grandma so it did fit in perfectly but It also fit in how funny and sweet she was. You know, she was probably telling jokes, giggling, and when somebody's laughing, it makes you laugh. Whatever the reasoning is behind Nanny, I'm not sure. Her father was very controlling from what they wear to where they go, and he pretty much just controlled every aspect of their lives. I just want to keep them protected. That's what he said, which is not true at all. Nanny admitted later that she was raped multiple times by different dudes. Not sure who or how many of these individuals raped her, but it shows that her dad really wasn't trying to protect her at all. Because when she told her father, he either didn't care or he didn't believe her at all. She always dreamed of a Prince Charming that would come and save her. She locked herself in a room with her mother's magazines, fantasizing about being loved instead of being taken advantage of. When she was just seven, she was traveling with her family on a train when the train suddenly came to a stop, because there was actually a pine branch laying on the middle of the track, so the conductor had to slam on brakes as quickly as possible, and suddenly Nanny flew out of her seat and hit her head on the pole. In later years, she blamed this incident on why she was the way she was, which we don't know for sure. It could play a factor, but there's quite a few different factors that play into somebody being a serial killer. When she was only 16, her father pushed her to marry a guy named Henry Braggs because they loved Henry. Her dad and her mom, they thought he was a great guy, so obviously they shoved him on her and her onto him and she only known him for like 4 months and then they ended up getting married she actually met him at a linen thread factory that they both worked at so her dad didn't want her to skip town and leave the family but also did not want her to depend on him anymore so Charles they actually went and lived with him So Nanny, Charles, both lived with Charles' mother, right? Come to find out his mother was more controlling than Nanny's father. Oh, God, that's horrible. But in her eyes, her son can do no wrong. But Nanny couldn't do a single thing right in her eyes. Charles was unfaithful and not such a good person either, and the pressures drove her to drink and smoke. Charles said Nanny is dangerous to be around when she's mad. I wouldn't eat or drink anything she made me," he said years later. Charles may have been joining the hype train, or maybe he knew that Nanny was that type of person that was going to poison something, or maybe he didn't know he was just saying it, but we're not sure exactly because he said it years later, so we don't know. He came home one day and he found two of his children crying in pain. Nanny said it was probably food poisoning. So they had an older daughter, two younger kids, and then the youngest, I think. Those four children in all. So the two girls were the ones that were crying and complaining and stuff. Well, the two girls died shortly after that, and the police believed Nanny's story. Neither girl was given an autopsy. So they think that both girls died from food poisoning. That's wild. Charles took the oldest daughter and fled, leaving the youngest behind. Well, the reason why he did this is because the youngest was actually sleeping in bed with Nanny, and if he tried to wake that little girl up, it would wake Nanny up, and it'd ruin his whole plan. So he was able to get his oldest daughter and flee. At first, I was like, man, that's kind of fucked up that he just took his oldest daughter and said, screw his youngest, but now it makes sense. So... Yeah, that's really, really sad. Charles ended up, like, coming back eventually, and, you know, he married another woman, and he wanted his house back, so Nanny, she ended up moving back in with her mother and got a job at the cotton mill. So this guy's completely lucky. She wrote to some local bachelors, hoping to find her Prince Charming. The next individual, Frank Haroldson, He was a 23-year-old factory worker from Jacksonville, Florida, he quote unquote swept Nanny off of her feet. He wrote poetry, called her beautiful, and didn't mind that she had children. On paper, he was perfect. At twenty four, she moved to Jacksonville to marry him. Once married, she was stuck again with another cheating alcoholic. Frank was actually worse than Charles. He had a charge for assault and beat Nanny when he had too much to drink, which was often. She stayed married to Frank for sixteen years. Nanny depended on abusive men her whole entire life, from her father to Charles to now Frank. And this time, it was hard to find a high-paying job for a single woman that has to support children. Because you got to think, this is the early 1900s. So, it's really hard, especially when women don't have rights and they stay at home and they rely on the man. It was just a different time period back then. Fast forward a few years, in 1945, her oldest daughter got married, and had a son named Robert, but she was also pregnant again, so, yeah, it's crazy, well, Nanny, at this time, she was afraid of going back into poverty, and she was struggling, so she turned to drinking, well, Nanny got into it with her daughter, don't know if it was over her disapproval for her new husband, or they just had a mother and daughter fight, we don't know, but, Her daughter ended up taking her newborn baby girl. Well, actually, she was still pregnant. She left Robert in Nanny's care, which was stupid. And so Nanny took out a policy on Robert for $500, which is $7,000 in today's currency. And Nanny just waited. Robert died while being in Nanny's care. Doctors were confused. He died from unintentional suffocation. She cashed in on that policy and she got away with it. Frank said at Robert's funeral, I'll be next. Nanny's daughter believes that Nanny might have killed one of her, well, actually killed both of her children. So Nanny was with her daughter throughout her whole difficult birth to her second child. You know, she was weak, she was tired, she didn't think that she was going to make it through, there was just a lot of problems. Well... She ended up having to give the baby to Nanny because she wasn't even strong enough to hold her own child in her arms, which is sad. Well, the doctors decided to leave the room, come back, and the baby's dead. And the doctors believe it was due to natural causes. Nanny's daughter believes that once she was alone with her mother that she saw Nanny stick a hat pin into the baby's brain. She says she was drugged up for medication, so she's not sure she's correct. Crazy how they turned a blind eye. Her family relied on her. Frank was right. It was his turn to die. So in September of 1945, America celebrated a defeat over Japan and the close of the World War II. Frank went out drinking a little bit too heavy that night and came home and raped Nanny. She had been beaten, cheated on, abused many times, but this was the last straw. She found Frank's corn whiskey laying in the yard, and she added some arsenic to it. He died later that day. Since uh, he was actually killed in Jacksonville, and Nanny's two daughters were killed in Blue Mountain, there was no connection in the eyes of the police. So they ruled Frank's death as natural causes. She went through the ad again, and... She was looking for another Prince Charming, the same ad that she used for Frank because she never stayed in a place too long while traveling. She looked at the paper looking for her soulmate, and she stopped in Lexington, North Carolina. Ooh, my home state. When inside the ad, she discovered a man named R.D. Landing. It caught her eye. She wrote back. Three days later, they met up, and she was his partner now. Nanny wasn't picky like she said she was. Her words and actions didn't match up. She was either ready to kill again, and that's why she didn't put much effort into it, or she was just a hypocrite, one of the two. Artie was a drinker and cheated on her as well, even though he didn't beat her. She took long trips away from home, and Artie and Nanny' marriage was only two years long, but he died in 1950 from heart failure. After Nanny gave him some prunes and coffee, he started showing symptoms like the flu that was going around at the time. He had a fever, stomach pains, and vomiting, and he eventually died. Doctors think it was due to his excessive drinking throughout the years that his body couldn't fight off the flu. No autopsy was performed. Artie's last words were, It must have been the coffee. Nobody suspected a thing. Nanny had a pattern, but due to the locals not knowing her past, they suspected nothing. They supported her at the funeral. A few days later... His house burnt down, and his insurance money went to Nanny. The house actually was supposed to go to Artie's sister, but since Nanny burned it down, she collected the money instead. She's kind of twisted. And then Nanny decided to go move in with her mother. So, Artie's mother, exactly. So, Nanny moved in with Artie's mother. Not her own, my bad. And she allowed her to stay there until she got back up on her feet. Well, his mom died a few days after her son, and then Nanny left town right after. No foul play until Nanny confessed to it four years later. Artie's mom was elderly and an easy target, and Nanny moved back to Alabama to live with her sister, who was bedridden. She found out that her sister was dying of cancer and took the opportunity. Nanny had a motive. Because she hasn't seen her sister in like 30 years, and now she's coming back around? Because she's sick? Come on now. Also, arsenic poisoning takes weeks to kill if it's low enough in dosage, so it's not like she was trying to put her sister out of her misery, because obviously, arsenic takes forever and it's very like painful, and it's a slow, painful death, honestly, so no, she wasn't putting her out of her misery, she just wanted that insurance money. Once her sister died, Nanny went back out looking for her Prince Charming. She signed up for a dating agency, so in 1952, she met a man from Kansas named Richard Morton. Richard rarely drank and treated Nanny well. They got married in Kansas that same year. Richard was so good to Nanny that she introduced him to her family, so in 1953, she invited her mother over to meet him. Not short of motives, but within a few days, her mother complained of stomach pains. So now we're talking about Nanny's mom coming over and having stomach pains, and then she died. Richard was seeing one of his old girlfriends. (sighs) Damn Richard, you shouldn't have done that. If Nanny is like killing her mother, killing her husband's, husband's mothers, and even her own freaking children, dude, you ain't safe, my man. Nobody's safe. So three months after Nanny's mother died, Richard died the same way. And then Nanny ended up meeting Samuel Dahls. He lost his spouse like Nanny did, but not the same way. He lost his wife and nine kids to a tornado that went through their house. Damn. Ooh, that's painful. He moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and happened to meet Nanny. She tried to get close to him and earn his trust by talking about their, you know, relatability with trauma because she lost her husband as well. You know, he lost his spouse, she lost hers. They connect. Well, you know, he fell for it, and they got married in June of 1953, but this dude was a priest. He was controlling over the money, and he found Nanny's romance novels silly. Oh, she threatened to leave him if she didn't get access to his checking account. First red flag. She was in it for the money. But he did give her access to the account, eventually flag number two. She took two insurance policies out on him. So September 1954, she gave him a prune pie and he got sick. But Samuel was smart and somehow got his ass to the hospital. He recovered. When he returned, she put a higher dosage in it this time, but in his coffee. He died in minutes. Doctors were suspicious. And so they did an autopsy. These doctors were smart. Ooh, these Oklahoma doctors. But they needed family consent for it. Well, Nanny signed it over because she was cocky. She thought she was going to get away with it. Stupid. This plan has worked a lot, but this time it didn't. She didn't even get close with the community, so she was a stranger. So due to her being a stranger... The community doesn't know her. These doctors, police officers don't know her. So they can't be like, oh, Nanny, she's just a nice, generous old lady that's part of the community. They're like, no, we don't know her. So we're definitely going to put our guard up. So, yeah. It's crazy. The back-to-back getting sick made it very suspicious, and she had a hard time explaining it to law enforcement. She did an interview, and the detectives looked... A little bit closer at Samuel's body. They found enough arsenic in a system to kill 40 horses. Damn! She tried to play it off and it didn't work. Obviously, that's a lot. They brought her in and they didn't expect her to be the person she is. You know, sweet, generous, old lady who laughs, you know. But anytime they asked her about any murders, she dodged the questions. After digging through her past, they saw the pattern. They asked her about Richard, and she had, like, she never heard of him until they pulled out the marriage certificate. Damn, they got your ass there. Once they told her, we can charge you for Samuel's death, she confessed under one condition. They had to return her novel to her since they took it from her at the station. Once the book was in her possession, she confessed to everything, even though she didn't have to. She just openly did it. She would have had another man after Samuel, but she didn't get to him. He got lucky, and her first husband got lucky as well, but they found arsenic in all the bodies, and her case exploded in popularity. She laughed while being alone, which is weird, because like nobody just laughs while they're being alone. You, know, you laugh when you're in a social setting, whether your friends make you laugh or you're telling a joke, if you're a comedian, whatever, but you don't just laugh while you're alone. This bitch had some issues. Nanny wanted to die by electric chair. I guess she was just like, man, I'd rather be put to death than sit in prison for the rest of my life. She went into gruesome detail to try to get the judge to, you know, sign off on the electric chair, but it backfired. She came off like she was mentally ill, so no chair. He gave her life in prison instead. It's crazy. So, May 17th, 1955, she was sentenced to life in imprisonment. Nanny was scared to kill herself, so she wanted the chair instead. But later on, Nanny Doss died from leukemia in the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1965 at the age of 59 years old. So let's go over some facts about Nanny Doss real quick, if y'all don't mind. Oh, Nanny Doss, obviously her name is Nancy Hazel. So, Nancy, or Nanny, She actually killed people from Alabama, North Carolina, Kansas, and Oklahoma between 1926 and 1954. Crazy. All her husbands had the same traits. You know, alcoholics, cheaters, beaters, they're all in the same category. She had the type. (laughs) No offense. At seven years old, she hit her head on the pole. They always say that that kind of, like, contributes into serial killer activity, like Nanny Doss, Albert Fish, he fell out a tree and hit his head, John Wayne Gacy hit his head, uh, there was another guy, I can't remember, he hit his head, like, quite a few times, he was a serial killer, he, like, flew off the bike and hit a car, like, knocked himself unconscious, like, this dude was constantly hitting his head, was it Craig Price, or was it the other guy, I can't remember, but... Yeah, they said that, like, head trauma can definitely change somebody. Yes and no. Like, when my sister went through cancer, um, she had a brain tumor. So when they were back there, it did change her personality. Kind of like, um, what was that guy named? Stefani something. can't remember. I did a story about him. But y'all remember he came out of the hospital and he was, like, a completely different guy. He went from being a happy, loving husband to, like, this dark, twisted, angry fucking husband, you know, but it did change my sister's personality a little bit, and yeah, my sister's definitely not the same person she was back then, but also, you know, child abuse and hitting your head doesn't automatically make you a serial killer, like, I hit my head on a pole, it was, um, holding up our patio, I'll never forget it. Me and my sister, we wrapped jump ropes around each other, and then we started swinging, and I swung my head. I was in first grade, and I hit my head right on the pole. And if you feel my forehead, the left side to the right, you could still feel it. My mom told me she wouldn't uh, take me to daycare because, I mean, yeah, 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 not daycare. She didn't take me to school because I had picture day the next day, and I had raccoon eyes. (laughs) So, I've been through some childhood trauma, physical abuse, emotional abuse but also I've pretty much hit my head quite a few times I even got a concussion at school I got a concussion from hitting my head on that pole but it didn't change me into a killer you know even with the trauma and the head hitting it did not turn me into a serial killer you know there's more factors than just that so There is a link between childhood abuse and serial killers, obviously, and like 68% of serial killers studied have some type of child abuse. 30% more sexual assaults are over the average, which Nanny falls in that category, but Nanny also had Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So if you don't know the difference between Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy, do y'all know the story of Gypsy Rose? her mother had Munchausen syndrome by proxy. By proxy means that you feel like somebody else is sick, and you're like, oh, I need to take care of you, you're sick. Kind of like Gypsy Hill's mom. Not Gypsy Hill, damn it. Gypsy Rose's mom. She was like, oh, Gypsy's sick, I got to take care of her, do all this stuff, right? Everybody feel bad for her. Munchausen syndrome is when you tell everybody you're sick. So the difference between... The regular, and by proxy, is the regular is, oh, I'm sick. Everybody feel bad for me. I'm dying from this, and blah, 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 blah. The gang empathy. But by proxy, it's like, oh, my daughter, she's sick, and this, that, and a third. So Gypsy Rose's mom is a perfect example of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Okay? So, yeah, that's the difference between them. Hopefully... I explained that pretty well. Sound like I kind of repeated myself, honestly. But yeah, I never even knew. It's a very rare disease. It's very rare. Not a lot of people have Munchausen syndrome by proxy. I'm not really sure about Munchausen syndrome in general, but by proxy, it's definitely very rare. But another thing is, she also cheated on her spouse. So, what was it? R.T.? While she was out of town, she was just screwing all these other guys and then coming home and playing the perfect wife. He said that he would stop drinking, but then when he would slip up, she would leave and go around the town and pretty much screw a lot of different dudes, and then she would pretty much, you know, go back home, and then once he started drinking again, she would do it again, and it's just a never-ending cycle, honestly. And so, yeah, that's something I don't agree with, and I don't think that she should be doing that. It's kind of fucked up, honestly, if you ask me. Also, another thing. They said due to Nanny's head injury, (laughs) head head injuries, she suffered from frequent blackouts and severe depression. But also, Nanny died from leukemia. They think that it had to do with the arsenic. They say arsenic exposure to humans can cause cancer, but they're not sure if her being around it that much is what caused it. I mean, she was around it a lot, so we don't know if it actually caused her to have leukemia or not, but we're not sure. But leukemia ain't a fucking joke at all. That shit sucks. So it's just sad that she killed 11 people and all like that's pretty fucked up if you ask me like very fucking twisted. So, yeah, that's pretty much the story of Nanny Dolls. I'm going to get back to work and work on some more stories and get back onto uploading this shit. And uh sorry that my phone went off earlier. Mom wants to do my damn taxes. I'm like, "Listen, I'm trying to get this damn podcast going, folks." <laughs> We'll do it later, but yeah, I'm going to go focus on that now. So I hope y'all have a good morning, evening, night, wherever you're listening to this. Just be careful, and not everybody say who they are. Not everybody is who they are, if that makes any fucking sense. I don't know. I'm getting tired. at a long day at work, so y'all be safe, and I will catch you next Monday, which I am uploading these on Mondays now instead of Sundays. So... Look for the next episode next Monday. Later. Don't die in your sleep.